Hello, happy Friday. We are Nathaniel and Amy White, the homemade family. Thanks for joining us. Today we are going to be talking about creating your family culture. And we had intended to do this as a uh, e-course. And we're like, you know, let's just take this and start walking through it. So this is going to be a series um, of talks. And thank you for joining us. So if you like this part, then go back and catch, catch the next ones that are coming up. But uh, today we are on part one of creating your family culture. Yes. Um, so a couple weeks ago, we talked about breaking up with culture. And, um, and specifically what we mean in that is breaking up with the world culture, because you're going to have a culture. Uh, it, it's just a question of what your culture is going to be and whether you choose it intentionally or whether you just kind of go with the flow. And going with the flow is actually a really uh, good way of putting it because culture is, uh, it, it's a mix of mostly invisible influences that pull in a certain direction. Um, so it really is a lot like a current of water. Uh, a great example of culture is you get a bunch of kids in a swimming pool and they all start running the same direction, you know, to create a whirlpool. And uh, it doesn't take too long before before somebody can pick up their feet and they just get carried along in the water. Right. And and so all around us in America, there are 330 million people uh, that aren't all pulling the same direction, but they are pulling a direction and there are enough people in enough different places that are pulling the same direction that most people just kind of pick up their feet and it carries us along. Um, well, um, I'm not going to get deep. We're not going to get deep into that piece of it because we talked a lot about that in breaking up with culture and basically looking uh, looking downstream to where that current is taking the people who are in it and looking at it as like, hey, is that really where we want to be? Is that where we want our kids to be? If, if that continues to grow and develop in that direction, is that the country, the culture that we would want carrying our grandkids, our great grandkids along to its conclusions, to its ends? And, um, and we talked pretty thoroughly about how the answer to that is a very hard no and why that's no and all of those kinds of things. But all of that, then, okay, we're going to break up with culture, with the culture of the world around us. But then the question is, um, what do we do instead? How do we build a culture for our families and why would we want to do that? Um, so I, I will be honest with you up front. Uh, we're going to go deep into the principles of worldview and culture in this talk. Uh, and so if you are big picture like me, you're probably going to love this. If you are really practical like Amy, you're probably going to be like, this is a waste of time. Um, but I'll tell you why it's not a waste of time. Do you want to say something? Yeah, I was just going to talk about having the right foundation and but I'm sure yeah. you're just going to go there. Well, why don't you go ahead? <laughs> All right. Because otherwise, I'll be talking plenty in this one. Yeah. So I was just going to say that, you know, it, it's good to have the big picture and to understand the whys of what actually leads to our behavior. And that's part of what I put in the, what this 
was going to be talking about was a lot of times behaviors just come out of who we are, um, but we don't know the why behind that. And so this episode is really going to be laying the foundation to give us vision for why we do what we do, because I can tell you all the things that our family does and why our kids are, you know, so amazing. But if you don't understand the foundation or the core value of where this came from, then you can't build the same thing because the foundation is different. And so that's what right. I was going to just add to that. Yeah. And conversely, if you look around at the world around you, 99% of the parenting stuff out there is, hey, these behaviors are annoying. Mm -hmm. They're painful, they're damaging, they're unhealthy, they're whatever, but it's all behavior level stuff. And what we're going to find is that that's actually extremely shallow and it's just like shaving, like you didn't actually deal with any root stuff. It's just going to grow back. So, um, all right, so let's dive in. Um, you will have a culture. The only question is, are you going to choose your culture intentionally to have the culture that carries you where you want it to go? and your family that carries your family where you want it to go. Um, to say that a different way, the only question is whether you'll choose your culture instead of taking one on that might not serve your family's purpose. Your family actually does have a purpose. Your family was created by the Lord. Ephesians 3 talks about um, the, the God and Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is given its name. And, uh, and, and so like God himself is the father of your family and he is the ultimate patriarch of your generations. And, and, uh, and there is a purpose and a plan and a hope and a future and a destiny on you and on your family and on your family line, on your generations. Um, and, uh, and so I, I want to, I want to plant that as part of our foundation for this, um, and so your family has a purpose. It is worth rejecting cultures that are not going to carry you towards your purpose and intentionally discovering how to build towards your purpose. Um, so as we're talking about culture, culture drives behavior. Um, I, my educational background, I'm a missions major. That was what I was in college. And so I took culture class after culture class after culture class after culture class. And, and one of the things that I can tell you, just distilling all of that down for you to what matters for all of us is that culture drives behavior. Just like I've been saying, it is the current that carries you towards where you go. And part of that is behavior. Um, but behavior is the shallowest level of culture. It's the one you can most easily observe. So for example, you go to India and you will see that part of the culture is standing this close to people and having conversations and there is no personal bubble in India. And in America, it's awkward when we do that with our spouse, <laughs> like, you know, cause we're used to having, having personal space. Um, if you know people who, have you ever been in a conversation with someone who they're a little too close to you. And so you step back and before long they're in your bubble again. And so you step back again and then, and then they get closer again and it just keeps, it, it, it keeps violating your culture. But if you went to another country, especially something like India, there that just doesn't exist. Um, other things, what Amy went to India and she talked about how um, any wall, any public wall was a place where the men would just go pee whenever. 
<laughs> like you just see the men stop, start peeing on the wall and then, you know, finish up, wander away. And, uh, and like, that's normal part of Indian culture, but it would be, uh, you'd get arrested for that in America. <laughs> so, um, the, this is behavior level aspects of culture. It's the easiest to observe, but it's also the shallowest in terms of its impact. Um, and there are actually three layers of culture underneath the layer of behavior. Those layers are the values, which answer the question, what is good or best? Uh, beliefs, which answer the question, what is true? And the, your worldview, which answers the question, what is real? And, and that worldview, that is your foundation from which everything else comes. So going back to Indian culture, just as an example of this, what they believe is real is reincarnation. What they believe is real is karma. In other words, it's the, the belief that what you do in this life earns you either the good or bad that you're going to be blessed with or suffer from in your next life. And, um, and so uh, your worldview is that karma is real. Your belief then what is true is that what I do in this life affects what I will receive in the next life. Then what is good or best is that I treat you as you earned in your previous life. Not that I treat you as I want to store up for my future life, but I treat you as your past life deserved. So if you are a low caste member in society, uh, you earned that. And therefore, I will look down on you. I will oppress you. I will not help you. And that actually is good. I will not have compassion on you because you deserve that. And conversely, if you are in a high caste, I will revere you because, man, whatever you did, you did, you did something amazing to deserve that. And maybe even something a little more relevant for right now today is the topic of abortion. The behavior is aborting babies. And those of us who come with a belief and value and worldview that life begins at conception and there's a God who designed you, we, we manifest a different behavior than those who believe that there is no God, that life doesn't begin until life outside the womb. And therefore the behavior is different. Like we can make a rule about the behavior, but the truth is we need to get to the core levels, which is our beliefs, our values, and the worldview, which is what is true. Right. So those are, that's just another really simple example to see where a behavior is not actually just a behavior. It's coming from what you truly believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you look in society and uh, almost all the arguments people are having are about behavior level stuff. Yes. Um, they almost never get deeper into what somebody actually um, values or the beliefs, what it, what they believe is true. Um, and, uh, and especially not the, the what is real. So um, talking about this in terms of parenting, you get into early years of parenting and man, the early years of parenting violate your culture. Your kids are eating garbage. I mean, ours did. Like they're finding the coffee grounds in the garbage and then they're eating coffee grounds. 
drinking um, from the toilet, drinking from the toilet, putting <laughs> dipping socks in the toilet and sucking the water off of those. Um, I, one of our favorite, oh my gosh, stories from our kids being young was when our oldest was potty training and Amy was in a public place and all of a sudden he's got to go. So she runs to this public restroom with our like eight month old or probably one year old daughter. She's 12 months, she was 12 yeah, months old, uh, daughter in tow and, you know, gets Nehemiah situated, sets him on the potty, turns around and sees the daughter laying on the floor of the public restroom, licking the floor drain violation of my culture <laughs> that violates your culture oh my gosh and um and so you know whatever eating trash drinking toilet water temper tantrums violate your culture like ah you're loud and you're noisy and you're messy and you're all these things and it just especially if you grew up in like a, a quiet conservative home like me um, like it, it just, it violates culture. Um, and so because of those kinds of things, these things are violating, they're irritating, they're agitating. And so then we see our role as parents as ones of needing to manage behavior. Um, so we're managing their behavior or we're teaching them to manage their behavior or in, in the modern popular parenting stuff, it would be saying, hey, this isn't the best place for you to express your emotions in this way. Let's go find you a safe place to express these emotions. It's like, you know, I don't actually care that you're flopping on the floor, screaming your head off. I just want to make sure you're doing it in a safe place. Um, I, I'm sorry if that's what somebody taught you, but you can actually step in and guide your kids. And, and that's where some of this is coming in. Like, our kids need more than just a safe place to explore life. If we, if all we do is give our kids a safe place to explore life, we give them no foundation, we give them no roots, we give them no guidance, we give them nothing to actually anchor them from the culture that eventually will grip them and sweep them where it wants them to go. And so um, our job as parents is to give that foundation. Our job as parents is to give that anchor. Our job as parents is to give them the weight that will allow them to choose, this is where my life should go. Like, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. There are other forces and influences that are seeking to guide our children to the way they want our kids to go. And, and the way for us to lead them into the way they should go is is by not getting distracted just by the behavior but instead putting the work in to build worldview uh belief system value system those kinds of things um and we are going to get into very practical steps very of practical that steps. next week but yes. for this week we're just again laying that foundation <laughs> yeah so um just it, I apologize if this sounds like I'm beating a dead horse, but I feel like this is something that is so foreign to most of our concepts and understanding of parenting. I just want to make sure that I'm thorough in this because um, a lot of times what is new to us, it 
like it takes a little while to build the landing strip for it on the inside of us before comprehension really dawns on us. And, and it's like, oh, it, you know, it, it just, it takes a little while. So I'm trying to, to just help with that of, of building the landing strip, landing some understanding on it so that you guys all listening to this or watching this can be fully equipped to actually use the tools we're going to be giving you next week. Um, because all of this, Proverbs says, without vision, people cast off restraint. And so we can give you all kinds of tools and practical stuff next week. Um, but if you don't have vision for why it is important or what you're going to use these tools for, then it, it's going to have a lot, it's going to be a lot easier to just lay the tools down, leave them on the side, not use them and go back to what you're used to. Um, does that make sense? I hope somebody tell me that makes sense. Um, but um, so here's the deal. Early parenting years violate our culture and behavior. They do all these crazy things. So we see our role as managing their behavior and teaching them to manage their own behavior. And then what happens is we wonder why strange behaviors start happening and manifesting later on in life, like teenage years. And, and, you know, your terrible twos all of a sudden start repeating themselves at 12 and 13 and 14 and 16. Um, and, and we start wondering why, why did what I taught them not stick with them? Um, and it, there could be many reasons, but I'm proposing, we're proposing that one of the primary reasons is that we only taught behaviors. We, we said, don't hit, but we didn't say why. Um, you know, we, we taught be kind, but we didn't anchor it to anything deeper than that. It was just an instruction on behavior. Um, so what most parents don't realize that we've encountered anyway, maybe this doesn't apply to you and awesome, but in our experience, most what most parents don't realize is that we have the opportunity, especially in the early years, as parents, we have the opportunity to shape those deeper levels of culture, to shape our kids' understanding of what is real, to shape their understanding of what is true, to shape their understanding of what is good or best. And then if we will do that, here is the, the payoff most of the behavior issues will settle themselves. We won't have to address behavior most of the time. Be or if we have to address behavior, we have something deeper to tie it to. So it's not this, I have to fight and 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 I have to correct and correct and correct and correct until I'm exasperated, they're exasperated and our relationship is breaking um, or strained. And so, we can define what our kids believe is real. You want an example? How about Santa Claus? How many of you grew up convinced Santa Claus was real? I remember conversations with my brother and we're talking about like, we're, we're staying up late and we're convinced that one year, three years ago, he saw a red light on the roof at midnight. It had to have been Rudolph's nose. Santa's real were convinced. Um, you know, it was amazing. Even my, my own brother's ability in this, I, I am very innocent and pure hearted. 
you might say gullible, but all the same, there were like two or three different times as a kid, I was convinced he actually had superpowers. He had me convinced. Um, and then later on, he'd tell me the truth and, you know, let me down and whatever. And then another time he'd convince me again. It was, it was whatever. Um, it was, it was lots of good fun. But the point is we can help our kids in believing what is real. One of the things we talked about either last week or the week before is your kids really literally are a blank slate. They are born knowing nothing. They're born knowing nothing. And you get to teach them everything. You get to teach them that God is real. You get to draw their attention to ways he shows himself. You get to help them recognize his voice when he's speaking to them. When, when they see something scary or feel something scary in their room, you get to be the one who prays it away. And so they can feel the power of Jesus and see that he brings peace. Um, you are the one who can tell them, this is who you are. You are a prince you, uh, of God. You are a, a, a son of God, a daughter of God, a prince or a princess of heaven. Like you really are royalty. You, you are um, a superhero. That's why we don't hit because you're a superhero and superheroes protect. Um, you know, uh, so many parents are like, this is my, this is my little devil. This is my turkey. This is my, you know, my psycho crazy child, right? You ever heard those? You've heard those? Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to engage Amy because she's she's starting to. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just realizing I'm I, how badly I'm monologuing. You're doing fine. Um, but um, all of these things—they're examples of how we help our kids shape what is real. Um, Annalie's got a comment. Um, she says, sounds like you've got a trusting, faithful heart, Nathaniel, not one to move into cynicism or mistrust. You were just a child and didn't have the neurological development and life experience to know what was real. Yeah, that's so true. Um, he's still very pure hearted, but that's, I mean, really, Annalie, you really hit the nail on the head with that. They don't have the neurological development and they don't have the life experiences to know what is real, which exactly. is very frustrating when you see parents asking their child what they think they should do <laughs> um, <clears throat> because their child just does not have the perspective or the life experience or the neurological development to make as many decisions and as big decisions as we put on our kids. Yeah. Um, I'd like to just throw this in there too. We did two weeks ago, we did breaking up with culture. And then last week we did one on worldview, a deep dive into helping shape your child's worldview. And um, we're doing some of that, um, a little of that right now, but, but we are building on that. So if you'd like to go back and take a listen, you can do that on YouTube or on our, our website at www.thehomemadefamily.com um, www and anywhere you listen to podcasts or on our Facebook page also. But just letting you know that there is another layer of this worldview that we didn't hit that we did a really good job with last yeah. week. Yep. So Annalise says, right, it's so frustrating to see children burdened with decisions that they literally aren't capable of making well. This yeah. is so true. <laughs> yeah. You think about how many things you face in life and you're like, I don't know what to do. 
And how old are you, you know, or young, young mom, young dad in your early to mid twenties, or you're, you're in midlife, you're in your forties, your fifties, how many retired people still like you're reinventing life. You just retired. Now, what are you going to do? I don't know how to handle these things. I've never faced them before. And what do you do when you, I hope you have a process like this, but when you face something that you haven't, uh, like I'm facing this, I haven't faced this before. How do I handle this successfully? Well, who can I find who has handled this successfully? I'll go ask them for input. Well, rewind back to being four years old or five years old. You have zero life experience. You have not been through hardly anything. You maybe know how to pick up your toys by yourself. You know, what kind of life experience or wisdom is guiding you in making decisions or saying, this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong. I am male, I am female. Like, and and people are placing that level of burden on somebody who doesn't hardly know anything. And And listen, this is coming from somebody who says, my kids are adults at 13. And we place a very high level of honor and a very high level of respect and a very high demand, honestly, on our kids in opportunity to rise up into something greater than our culture, honestly, often says kids can be. And so it's a very weird thing where in some ways our culture is like, give empower kids and let them determine what is truth and what is real. And they need to just be accepted and affirmed. And at the same time, they're like idolizing childhood and saying, don't rush them let them grow up at their own pace. We're not going to challenge them. And, and it's, it's completely backwards. It's actually, let's tell them who they are. Let's establish their foundation intentionally. Let's, let's give them what is real. Let's uh, it, it guide them very intentionally through these major developmental years. And then once they get into other then they actually have a foundation to know oh this is good this is bad here's why it's good or bad now i actually can make a decision i have a foundation for wisdom and understanding to guide me in good healthy decision making mm -hmm. annalise says totally give them power Give them power that will crush them, then disempower them when they're finally getting to the point they can learn to exercise personal responsibility well, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. So um, just I, I want to say some. just recap this point. Um, yeah, Annalise yes, says, this is what, what the world, world says. says. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> good clarification. Yes, yes good um, clarification. I just want to reiterate this point because it's so powerful and it really is the reason, the reason Amy and I were going over the notes and it's like, I, I, I was, I was saying to her, I want to get to the practical stuff, but I feel like this is so important that we need to take the time on this understanding the deeper layers piece. And, and this is why it's because so often we get caught up in the surface level behavior stuff. And if we will instead handle these deeper things, starting with worldview, what is real, moving into the belief level, what is true, on into the value level, what is good or best, um, then 
most of the behavior things, most of the behavior things, not all of them, but most of the behavior things will sort themselves out. And the ones that don't, that we do still need to address, we actually have something to point to. We have a standard. Um, there's so many things. Uh, you look at a typical high school and people don't know a lot of the kids don't know, am I male? Am I female? Am I attracted to males? Am I attracted to females? What is sexuality? What is gender? What is, you know, that's a whole other level that I grew up than, than the one I grew up with of not knowing what truth is. And, and if um, it, we've just begun getting into stage of life where our kids are having interaction with kids who are so confused. Um, but you can see how unsettled the people are who are going through those kinds of questions. And I have immense compassion towards it because I see it's unsettled. I see that these are, these are people floating around in a current of the world because nobody ever gave them a foundation and nobody ever gave them the, some an anchor. Nobody ever gave them a root system to actually nourish them and help them grow and have stability. And, and, and I watch the anxiety levels or I watch the depression or I watch the emotional swings or I, I watch the things that they suffer through. And I'm just like, oh, you poor child. If someone had just raised you to know who you are, if someone had just given you a foundation, you would be grounded. And by this stage of life, you wouldn't be wondering who you are, but instead you would be rock solid in confidence and courage. And you'd begin to be able to actually grow and do some really amazing things. But now you're still wondering who you are. And that's the power we're trying to give our kids. That's the power we're trying to give our generations and, and that we're trying to help empower you to be able to give to your kids. That's great. So next week we'll be talking some more practicals, like how do you shape worldview, which we did talk about last week? How do you shape a belief system? How do you shape the values? What, what culture, how do you build a culture in your home that will empower your kids to live from truth and that we're not just managing behaviors, but yeah. actually their core belief system, their values actually begin to manage their systems. And just a quick note in this too, is like, you know what, the young years, the toddler years, you do have to manage a lot of behaviors because they don't know anything about anything. And right. so, you know, but it can't just be managing behaviors. You can't just tell them, don't do that. We have to begin to lay this foundation of, what is truth? What is right? Why are we taking care of these, <laughs> these yeah. behaviors and those kinds of things? And then when they're older, then that value system actually guides their, their um, beliefs and their behavior. Yeah. Um, anyway, we look forward to digging more into that next week. And in some of the weeks to come, we're going to be looking at all of these things deeper and giving some very practical tools. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. And just as a reminder that you can catch some of those other episodes on um, anywhere you find podcasts on our YouTube channel at The Homemade Family and on our website, www.ithehomemadefamily.com. All right. Uh, thank you guys again for Did joining say us. Say that web address again. www.ithehomemadefamily.com.
Annalie says, looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. You're yep, welcome. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you so much, Annalie, for joining in. And for those others of you that joined in also, uh, again, if you have any questions or comments, you guys can go ahead and do that. And we'll get back to you. God bless.